everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Good morning and welcome to Christ Center Church. So glad to have everyone in the house of God to praise and to magnify the Lord with us. Amen. So glad to be in the house of God another day, another morning. God's been good to us. We're going to invite you all. If you can stand with us, we're just going to get right into a service at this time. We're going to stand and pray and ask the Lord to bless us this morning, help us to be in one accord today, and that everything will be done to the glory and to the honor of his name, because he's worthy to be praised. Amen. Bow your heads with us as we pray. Father God, we thank you for giving us another privilege and another opportunity, Lord God, to be in your presence one more time, to worship you, Lord God, in the beauty of holiness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercies and your love, oh God. You've been so good to us, Lord God. More than we can ever imagine or think, oh God. You are our Savior and our Keeper, the one that we adore, the one that we worship, the one we call upon your name, oh God. You're truly worthy to be praised. We thank you for this another privilege to be in your presence, Lord God. For in your presence, there is fullness of a joy and at your right hand, your pleasures for evermore, oh God. We ask you, Lord God, that you may forgive us for every sins, all the sins that we have committed in your sight, knowingly and unknowingly, Lord. Father God, as we invite your presence among us this morning, we ask you to move upon us individually and collectively, Lord God. I pray and ask your anointing upon our service this morning. Touch our praise singers as they minister in songs today, Lord God, that you'll touch them individually and collectively, Lord God. Oh, Father God, as we pray for the man of God this morning, I pray anointing upon him that he will preach like he has never preached before, Lord God. I pray and ask you to bless us, open our hearts, and our minds, O oh God, and that we'll continue to worship you in the beauty of holiness, for you seek at such to worship you. Father God, we love you. We give you glory and honor. Father God, we thank you for this, Lord God, this opportunity, Lord God, where we can lift up our hands and call upon your name. Oh God, we thank you, Lord God, for being so good to us, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will keep us and that you will bind us together, oh God, with cords that can never be broken. We ask you to touch every person in this place this morning, oh God. Touch us individually and collectively, Lord God. Let your spirit move upon every person in this place this morning and that will never be the same again. I pray you will help us, Lord God, that you will change our heart, transform us, oh God, creating us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us, Lord God. As we come before your presence this morning, we ask you will to be done. Not our will, but thy will be done, Lord God. Whatever you have to do in the service this morning, oh God, we ask you will to be done. We come at this service in your hands this morning as we worship you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. And we thank you in advance for what you're about to do as we worship you right now in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And come on, church, let's just give the Lord a round of applause this morning. He's worthy to be praised. Oh, he's worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen.
Hallelujah. King of glory, just want to be with you. Amen. Good morning. Praise the Lord. Welcome, everyone. We welcome you all to Christ Center Church. God bless you. You may be seated. So glad to see everyone here this morning to praise God with us. Amen. The Sunday before Christmas, so glad to be in the house of God. You know, again, we wish everyone a Merry Christmas when it comes that God will bless us and keep us. Amen. So good to see the Sharps traveling. You know, they go through so many car issues. But God bless you all. So glad to sacrifice to be here. Appreciate the sacrifice that you traveling all the way to be with us to praise God. God bless everyone that is in the house of God this morning. So at this time, we have a video that we're going to show at this time. So just stay tuned, lock in as we show our video at this time. Amen. The Lord said to me one day, he woke me up one morning and said, go to the firehouse. And speak to the chief and tell him you want to start a Bible study and you want that Bible study eventually to uh, turn into a church I had the sense that they were like waiting for me I'm like this is crazy and I started talking to the chief and I told him what my intentions was and he said no problem Reverend he just gave us the, 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 the place and says go and um, that's what's been going on coming here since 2013, started off as a Bible study. That's when I formed a relationship with God. I was introduced who God was. Now, I had been going to church previously coming up as a child, but never knew who God was. It had really transitioned me. The teachings, the uh, um, format of praying, the implementation of studying the Word, and not just studying the Word or hearing it, but applying it to my life. That's what it's about, you know, and that's what I try to tell my kids when we got here the first day. I was like, oh, forget about the firehouses, you know, it's like, firehouse mom, you know, but, you know, it's not about it. Once we get through those doors, it's, you forget that you're really in a firehouse. It's just, you know, you just it's just about praising God and giving Him the glory. Life is, uh, doesn't have as much meaning when you're, when you're not connected to the church and you're not involved and you're not, uh, you know, you're not uh, praying every day, you're not reading your Bible, you're not doing the things that uh, that connect you to God. Our, our pastor, Pastor Wyatt, um, answered a call. Each day, you know, uh, as I think of him and his leading of this church, I think of him as um, you know, the shepherd that the Lord's called to be my shepherd. We pray together, we do a lot of things together. It almost feels like I'm, I'm back in school uh, on a team, and uh, instead of being, having a, being on the football team, this is my, my church team. We have some challenge because now we need a, we need a building, and, and um, we're just not in a place where we have enough to, to purchase the building, and as far as getting loans 
from any financial institution, we haven't been a church long enough. Without this new church, without its, its ability to foster and care for me, uh, my road to recovery would be far more complicated. I wouldn't be where I am now. The Christmas for Christ um, opportunity is your opportunity to uh, follow the Lord's mission, to give funds towards the type of recovery that I've experienced being available for others. You giving your best gift will allow others to experience the powerful, powerful growth that I've been able to take part in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving to Christmas for Christ. Thank you for giving to Christmas for Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. Uh, and the tree to my left over here, your right where you sit, and you can see we have a bunch of cards on it. Christmas for Christ, EMC. Um, we every year we help. You know what it basically does is to help church planners. We help you know start new churches in the area. And if you uh, you know listening to the video, in fact that video was reflecting us. Amen. And because of our uh, new norm, we have to adjust, make some tweaking to our services. So we want you to give a good offering this morning. You can look at the tree. If you have not yet, take one of those envelopes that are on the tree. You know, you're welcome to take one. Um, you, if you're able to give it in today, great. If you're not, then you can bring it in next week. So be a blessing, and um, we're getting ready for our offering. So everybody say, it's offering time. Amen. We're going to invite you all, if you could stand with us this, at this moment. Praise God. We're going to pray and ask the Lord to bless our offering this morning as we receive it. Amen. If you need an envelope, just wave your hand. Your hushes will get you an envelope. If not, just give generously this morning. Be a blessing in the house of God. Amen. Pray with us. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for one more time to be in your presence, Lord God. You're truly great and greatly to be praised. As we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask your blessing, O oh God, upon every giver. O oh God, that you'll bless and that you'll keep us, Lord God. We ask your hands to be upon us in whatever we do, Lord God. I pray and ask you, Lord God, that you will continue to use us for your glory. As we receive this morning's offering, Lord God, we ask you to bless the givers, those who have to give, those who have not likewise. Make a way so they can be a blessing. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. We have a basket in the middle, in the back, and we have two baskets in the front. Feel free. Bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord. Praise God.
Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Happy Christmas Sunday. <laughs> you know, I make stuff up as I go. And it's the Sunday before Christmas, so let's just call it Christmas Sunday. Hallelujah. Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Good to see all of you. Good to be with you. Amen. We're pushing our way through 2020. Uh, there's been many challenges. Amen. Um, the, the latest thing we're, we're challenged with is to try to make sure we're on top of our game with um, contact tracing. And so sometimes we have to make moves um, just for safety reasons, not because anybody's really sick. Um, but we thank God for allowing us to make it this far. And he's going to take us through this year and he's going to bring us into 2021. And um, we're going to continue to plow through. Amen. You know my motto, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I can't lose whichever way you look at it. And so if I'm here in the earth, I'm going to serve Christ, have a relationship with Christ and enjoy Christ. And that's a wonderful thing. And if I end up where I don't make it, then guess what? I get to go into the presence of the Lord and I get to be with him where there's no more pain and no more sorrow and no more anything. Just just being in his presence. And so we can't lose if we will just trust in the Lord and follow after him and live for him. So we thank God for that. Amen. I have um, what I try to do uh, annually and, you know, throughout the year, if I get a chance, I do other things. But I like to acknowledge our elders in this church and um, I appreciate um, them and I love them. And so I have a couple of gifts here. One of my elder left this morning without getting her stuff. So I'm taking this gift to Mama Allen over here. Amen. Mama Allen, I love you. That's your gift. You hold on to that. Don't give it to nobody. <laughs> Amen. And Mama Thomas all the way in Canada. So we're going to let her daughter get her gift. Amen. That's from Mama Thomas. Don't mess. Make sure she get her gift now. Well, I hope she's watching so she can call you right after this. Janice, put my thing to the side. <laughs> we love our elders. I, I know I love them and appreciate them more than ever because as I get older, I realize that the things that they have seen and experienced, I have not. And I just love to listen to them. I love to ask them questions so they can tell me things and I can learn things. And I appreciate them. They have great wisdom and experience to share. So I love my elders, Mama Thomas, Mama Allen, Mama Pearl. She's not here. I appreciate all of you. I just love being around you. Thank you for all that you do. And Merry Christmas. Amen. Don't forget about um, next Thursday. This, well, Thursday coming up is our Christmas Eve service. And we start out at 730. We'll be out of here by 830. Uh, we just want to get together, come together and worship the Lord and enjoy his presence and enjoy one another. And so don't forget about that. Also, our New Year's Eve service is a challenge because most people like to be um, in church. You know, well, not most, but, you know, some who likes to be in church, they like to be in church on New Year's Eve. I remember I wanted to go to church even when I wasn't saved on New Year's Eve, whatever that was. Right. Right. I said, before I go out and do destructive things, let me go and get blessed. And so most people like to spend um, 
you know, the, a, a few minutes or hours in church on New Year's Eve and bring in the new year in church and then you go out and do crazy things. But anyway, this New, year, new Year's Eve service is going to be a challenge for us because if we make it available to everyone, we're going to um, supersede our restrictions um, for social distancing and what we're trying to do. So this New Year's Eve service is going to be virtual. I hate to do that. I don't like even saying it, but I don't have a choice because what's going to happen is though that serve in the ministry, whether it's the praise singers, audiovisual, the ministers, uh, ushers, um, those of us that serve, the nurses, I mean, all of us that serve have to be here no matter what. And so that's additional people. And then if we let everyone else come um, and then we just leave it to we're just going to be in trouble. So we, we don't have a choice. So we're going to be here. We're going to be having our New Year's Eve service. We're going to be worshiping and praising the Lord. But um, those of you that are not actually doing something in ministry will have to join us virtually. Um, I, I'm not enjoying saying that. I don't like saying that, but I don't have a choice. That's just the times that we are in. Amen. We thought about everything. We had discussions about that, and we tried our very best to figure out how to make it inclusive where we can do everything. We thought about doing two services like we've been doing on Sundays, but but the, prob the problem is most people want to be in church when the new year come in. So if you do two services, the ones that's coming early might frown on it, and you might not get anybody come early. So you still might get back to the same problem, which is, more people needing to be here at the late service than we can really fit. So that's what we're doing for our watch night service. Amen. The, the last thing I want to mention is hugging. Hugging. We like to hug and we love one another. And we, uh, we the Bible says be kindly affectionate one to another. And so sometimes there's hugging. Well, I hate to tell you, but we need to refrain from hugging for a little while. Somebody say, uh, for a little while. Yes, we have to refrain from hugging because um, we don't know who has symptoms that's not yet manifested, and you don't want to go hugging someone and transmitting something. Um, because you feel good today don't mean you're going to feel good tomorrow. Somebody say amen. You know, a lot of people that, that, that is reported that received the virus, that have the virus, <laughs> Um, th they were good one day and then all of a sudden next day, here to go, all the symptoms. And so you don't know. So while someone might seem like they're good, sound like they're good, look like they're good, it doesn't mean that they're good. So let's please refrain from hugging, not because you don't love your brother or sister, but because you're trying to be safe because you don't even know what's going on with your own body until it kind of manifests what's really going on. Amen. Amen. And so. Those are some things I want you to keep in mind, and um, I think those are all the announcements. Our Christmas for Christ offering, hey, keep it coming. Um, we'll take it all the way to the end of the year. I want to give you an opportunity to give your best gift to Christ, your best gift. So all that you're going to spend this year on gifts, we'd like for you to just to give Christ a tad bit more of what you're giving any one individual. So if you're buying stuff for your grandkids, if you're buying stuff for your kids, uh, whatever you spend the highest amount, how about you just put a little extra on that and give it to Jesus? Because when we give the Christmas for Christ, we're helping uh, churches that are just starting out. We're helping to help churches get started out. Uh, without the church, we have no hope. Now, I know it says 
Um, I, I know most people say without Christ, there we have no hope. But uh, he uses the church as his mechanism to save the lost. Amen. So we need churches more than anything else. That's why I don't understand why we are in any category when it comes down to the restrictions and what um, you need to put restrictions on. Church should be the last thing you get to as you're divvying out restrictions. Get to church last because we're the most essential thing in this earth. And so um, it's very important that we operate and function like that. Amen. Well, I think I have all of those things covered. Uh, if there's nothing else covered, uh, let me greet everyone that is virtual this morning. Our virtual audience may be a little bit um, larger than normal. <laughs> I'm teasing now. <laughs> there's some virtual audience out there who don't want to be virtual. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then there's some that want to be virtual. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to step on anybody's toes, but if I live close to my church, uh, Corona, no Corona, at some point in time, I got to get in there. I just got to get in there. You know what I mean, Brother D? I mean, I know it's dangerous. I know, you know, we're trying to be safe, but at some point in time, I got to see you guys. I got to be around you, man. You know, and I, it's not good enough for me to be um, seeing you virtually. I got to I got to be with you. And um, and I know when we come together, we are coming together for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, again, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. What else was that? Oh, no, no. I, you know I got to. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm massaging now. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I'm massaging now. So, so no, no, I'm not going to miss that. Not, 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 that's my friend. Y'all don't know? Karima. Good morning. Welcome to Christ Center Church. So they gave me a wink a while ago saying, we have a guest. And I'm, that's what I would tell him. I'm massaging that because that's my friend. You all don't even understand. That's my friend. Kareem, tell him you're my friend. Did you tell anybody? Tell him, say, we're friends. We have good conversations. <laughs> Karima, it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful privilege to have you in the house of the Lord with us. Hope you feel safe. You feel safe? All right, because we want to make sure the environment is safe and that you are okay. But we welcome you to Christ Center Church. Amen. I can tell you love music. I wanted the praise singer to sing a little bit more so Karima could, could continue to just, you know, praise the Lord because it was going. You know, I saw something moving a little bit. I said, "Woo! give her some more. I saw her moving. Give her some more. Amen. Hallelujah. Well. I think we can go into the word of the Lord this morning and begin to open up the scriptures to Luke chapter 2. Will you stand with me and turn your Bibles or look on the screen to Luke chapter 2? But it is a, a, a privilege, Karima, to have you with us. Um, what we always say to our guests that when you come here, it's normally because somebody invited you or something happened where, you know, you were connected with someone that, you know, you know, says, hey, won't you come with me or whatever the case may be. But God is amazing and he's awesome, Karima. And regardless of how you get here, you or anyone that is, is uh, that attends here for their first time as a guest. It's the Lord that saw fit. So we understand that. So regardless of what anyone thinks, God got you here this morning. He wanted you here this morning. And because you're his guest, 
we count it a high honor to have you among us because you're his guest. <laughs> that's, the, that's how we look at it here. You are God's guest, and man, we don't want to mess that up. <laughs> we don't want to disappoint God like, God, you sent your guests and we didn't treat them good? Oh, no. I don't want to be in trouble for that. So we honor you highly this morning, and we're grateful that you came to be with us. And if there's anything at all that we can do to assist you in your relationship with Christ, please don't hesitate to ask us. We will do it. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. Amen. Let's get into the word of God. The word of God says in Luke chapter 2, verse number 8, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I wasn't wasn't really reading that. I was reciting that because I learned that way back when I was in school. So I I, I don't know if I said it right because I just I can't help it. It's what I learned in school so long ago. I'm talking about elementary school. And that's that I just learned that. And so it's in my mind. Verse 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped somebody say wrapped Mm -hmm. in swaddling clothes lying in a manger and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men I want to talk to you on this topic today the present of the Savior, the present of the Savior. This present was wrapped, in case you missed it. I wonder if that's where we started learning about wrapping. People want to wrap presents and give it. But the present of the Savior. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we love you and we need you this morning. Great is your faithfulness. You're God and you change not. You're from everlasting to everlasting. You are the source of our strength. You are the light of this world. You are our deliverer, our savior, our redeemer, the source of our strength. In you do we live and move and have our being. Without you, we are nothing. For God, it is you that gave us breath. And Lord, today we live and move and have our being because of you. Oh, my God. Great is your faithfulness. You are the only wise God, the only true and living God. For all other gods are idols. You are the only true and living God. It is you that created us and not we ourselves. Uh, We are your people and the sheep of your pastor. Lord, we enter your gates today with thanksgiving in your courts with praise. We're thankful unto you, and we will bless your name. For you are good, your mercy.
mercy everlasting, your truth endureth to all generation. We thank you for your word. Will you do what only you can do in this place this morning that we will leave changed and not the same way we came in? We ask you these things in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Let everyone say amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name. Come on, open up your mouth and acknowledge him this morning. Jesus, you are God. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we adore and honor you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to God. You may be seated. The distance from Nazareth to Bethlehem is about 90 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem about 90 miles that's how far Mary and Joseph traveled Mary being well pregnant and ready to give birth Hmm. they didn't travel by airplane didn't travel by Amtrak They didn't travel by the New Jersey Transit. No, sir. They didn't travel by a nice cruise ship. They traveled on foot and with their animal, whether it be a donkey or a mule or whatever the case may be. But they traveled 90 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. How was Mary able to do that? How did she sustain that journey? I believe Mary was so determined to do the will of God. She knew that what was in her was the Son of God. She was so determined to do the will of God that she was willing to do whatever it took to fulfill his will. Church, I, I, I wish, I hope, and I will pray that we get that kind of attitude that I will do whatever I must to fulfill the will of God. I will make myself uncomfortable. I will carry the weights that I have to carry, the load that I have to carry if I will do the Lord's will. Nothing should get in the way of doing the will of God for us. We ought to say, God, whatever it takes to do your will, I will do your will. Whatever it takes, I will go the extra mile to please God. We ought to be that way. That's how Mary was, his mother. Mm -hmm. The journey must have been very trying for her. But she rejoiced in doing the will of God. Oh, oh God, all I want to do is do your will. Nothing else I want to have any great weight in my life like the will of God. I want the will of God to carry the most weight in my life. I want the will of God to be the most thing that I focus on in my life. Yes. When you do the will 
of God, your heart will be filled with rejoicing. <laughs> when you do the will of God, your heart will be filled with rejoicing. There is nothing like knowing I had done what God wanted me to do. And when you feel that way, when you know you've done that, something just works within you uh, that says, oh, oh God, I just want to rejoice in you because you allowed me the privilege to do your will. Huh. There is a reason why you can come to church and the people that does the praise and worship seems to be energetic and seems to be just 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 like things are just different for them because they're doing the will of God. And when you do the will of God, there is something about the Lord that when you serve him, when you praise him, when you worship him, begin to feel like you have strength. You begin to feel like there's something happening to you when in actuality you're just giving him the praise. When we sing the songs of praise, when we preach the word of God, when we teach the word of God, when we go out to reach the lost and equip them and help them to know who Jesus is, rejoicing will be in our heart and we will approach being in church services a whole lot different. I've been in church service where folks would go out and invite other folks to church. And we will have a church service where there will be 11 people visiting for the first time. And Kareem of that church service Sometimes the pastor don't get to preach because there's so much rejoicing. You know why? Those people that invited the 11 people, they were so charged. Uh, I remember days I was part of that team. We were so charged when we went out that Saturday morning uh, and we extend uh, oh, an invitation to people to say, why don't you come to church tomorrow? God has a plan for your life. God wants to do something for you. And we invite them and then they show up. Some say, can you come and pick me up? And we say, yes, we'll come and pick you up. And we will go and pick them up. And I tell you what. When they come and we begin to worship the Lord and we begin to praise the Lord, the presence of God just come upon that congregation and just consume us like fire because we're excited and we're rejoicing because we did the will of God. I want to do the will of God because in doing the will of God, rejoicing will fill your heart. Rejoicing will fill your heart. And so Mary made the trip to Bethlehem where she gave birth to our Savior, Jesus Christ. God manifest in flesh. I still, Josiah, will never, ever, maybe when I get to heaven and I see him, I will be able to grasp it a little bit more. But I will never get over the almighty God who we know from the beginning was invisible, all-powerful, sovereign, but he was invisible and you couldn't see him. And the day came where he says, enough of them not being able to see me. 
I need them to see me and know me from that perspective. And he conjured up a plan which he already had from, from his existence, which he always existed. And so his plan was, one day I'm going to manifest myself and let them see me. But Stacy, he is so powerful. He is so great and so glorious that he says, I'm not going to break the system that I put in place of how you come into this world. Do you understand that? People are trying to figure out how is that possible? Because what he's saying is, I, I establish the way people will come into this world. I did. They will be born of a man and a woman coming together in conception. That's how they're going to come in. So when I got to get in there and show you who I am, finally, what other process I'm going to have? There's no other process. I established a process, and I'm not going to break the, law, the laws that I've already set in place. So he made sure he came into this world through the process he established, and that's how he came to this world. So for us to wonder, how did God do that? There's a lot of things we're not going to understand how God does that. But the bottom line is he came to this world so we can finally see him and not just hear him and not just see what he created. He said, I'm going to let you see me. I'm going to give you an opportunity to know me and understand who I am. And so he came to this world. And today we know him as the man Christ Jesus. We call him the son of God. Why? Because he's Mary's son. But the way he got here was by Almighty God, the power of Almighty God. So we can call him the Son of God. We can call him the Son because he was actually a son. But God is good. And so she gave birth to God Almighty. And he got to go through the process of being a baby, getting milked, something to pacify I don't know. If I, hey, I just stumbled up on something. I wonder if he needed to pacify. My grandma was telling me the other day. Well, I know all my kids. I know. I know. I I needed to pacify to go to bed. She told me I was a terror sometimes when I didn't have my pacify. She said I lost it. And I remember um, uh, my wife and Patrice was telling me one night we were coming back from church with Jordan, and. He just couldn't stop crying. He just broke out in sweat crying so hard, right? And so yesterday, my grandma I was just rolling. Whenever she's rolling, I'm asking her questions, right? We're talking. I like to get the history, right? And so some things I'm just asking. And she was just telling me how one time uh, I, 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 she didn't have the pacifier for me. and She couldn't get it for me right away. She needed to go to the store. And I got so mad that I got under the table and put my back on the, up against the table and just threw over the table oh, like Sasquatch. Because of a pacifier. And so Jordan had a pacifier issue. Nasir had a pacifier issue. So I don't know what's going on. So I'm wondering, did Jesus have a pacifier issue? (laughs) I don't know. Did Jesus have a pacifier issue? When we get to heaven, we'll ask him, yo, did you you need the (laughs) passy? I got to ask Jesus, did he have the pasty when I see him face to face in heaven? My God. Bethlehem means house of bread. How appropriate is it that the one who is called 
the bread of life, was born in a city called House of Bread. Isn't Jesus awesome? He never missed a detail. He never missed anything out. He never leave anything out. He knows just what he's doing, and he does it. Mm -hmm. God is amazing. He is wonderful. I thank him for his goodness and his mercy and his kindness. But I try to tell you oftentimes about learning the ways of God. Because a lot of times we might not know where a scripture is that, that gives us an answer. But if we will learn the ways of how God does things, you will be able to find your way even when you don't understand it. And so here is a, an example. God is always reaching for the needy and usually needy people are humble people. I'll say that again. God is always reaching for needy people, and usually needy people are humble people. I had to throw usually in there, because there's some crazy people that they know they need stuff, but they still arrogant. But I just had to throw usually, all right? Usually, when you have need, you are humble. God is always reaching for those people. <laughs> Follow me here. God is not reaching for those who seem to be fine. He's not reaching out for you if you carry yourself like, I'm good. Let's be honest. How often do people come and give you stuff? Let me ask my son that. I mean, that's a good one. I got, I got, got Ethan here, got Nasir here. I can mess with them. How often somebody just give you something? Tell the truth. How often somebody give you something? Yeah, I know. You know why? Y'all don't look like you need anything. You don't look like you need nothing. Now act like you need, and I guarantee you, more people will come up to you and start giving you stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I hate to break the news to you. That's how we are being as Christians these days. Good. I don't need nothing, Lord. And because you acted like you good, the Lord will pass you by and go to the person who is saying, God, I need you. God, I need your help. God, help me. God will bypass us and go to the ones who will demonstrate that they need him because we act like we're good. There's a scripture that says, the Son of Man came not for those who are well, because those who are well don't need a physician. He came for those who are sick, sick with sin. But if you want to live your life as a Christian like you have no need, you're going to be frustrated with God, because God is looking for a people that will say, I need you, Lord. I know sometimes we don't understand that, but that's the ways of God. Because here's the deal. If you never ask for something and somebody just give it to you, you normally don't appreciate it. Let me just keep it moving. Because y'all acting like I ain't telling the truth. I got to say ain't now. Now you let me get Y'all act like I ain't telling the truth. 
when you are fine, you don't read the word of God. When you are fine, you neglect to assemble yourself with the body of believers. God don't reach for people who are fine. And so, because I've learned his ways, I'm never going to act like I'm fine with Jesus. I'm going to get unhinged and let you guys say, what's up with him? Why is he like that? Why can't he slow down? He always doing this for God and always doing that for God. Because I need God and I need to see God working in my life. I need to experience God working in my life. And so, I know the way to see that is act like I got a need for him. I know if I just show up when we show up and I just sit down and chill and listen to see how good the preaching is and try to figure out how much sense it makes and try to figure out which part I need to take for myself. I know if that's all I do, I am going to get a limited, limited, limited version of what God can do for me. I need God to do a whole lot for me. And so because I need him to do a whole lot, I can't be doing just a little bit. I can't just act like I'm okay, Josiah. I got to let him know, uh, God, I need you, uh, and I call out to you. Uh, I humble myself to you. Uh, I need you, Jesus. I'm not faking it. I'm not fronting it. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Guess what? Jesus know I need him too. Jesus knows. So whether we, whether, whether we have uh, 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 caught up to him in understanding that we need him, that's up to us. But we need him. And he knew that we needed him. That's why he came. You think if we didn't need God to be here, he wouldn't have come? He didn't need to come if we didn't need him. But we needed him. And that's what I love about God, because he is truly the only wise God. And he will never leave you hanging if you need him. He will always present himself when you need him. It's just up to you to understand if you need him or not. He reaches for the needy who humble themselves and seek him. The first announcement of the Messiah's birth was given by an angel to some anonymous shepherds. <laughs> Karima, listen to me. The announcement did not come to the priest today, we would say to the pastors. Mm-hmm. The announcement didn't come to the scribes. The, the, the announcement didn't come to the Pharisees or Sadducees. The announcement didn't come to the governors. The announcement didn't come to Caesar or any one of those high people. The announcement came about the Messiah to shepherds that were anonymous. Why would the all-powerful, all-wise God, all-knowing God do such a thing? Because. It's his ways. He reached for people who need him. He reached for people that no one else cares about. He reached for people that humbled themselves. <laughs> you can't be arrogant as a shepherd. 
You out that field overnight. You're taking care of animals. They can't talk back to you. You have no way to be arrogant as a shepherd. (laughs) Help us, Holy Ghost. And he's showing us what kind of people he will come and speak his word to. He will come and rescue people who need him, who humble themselves. Shepherds were really outcasts in Israel. Their work not only made them ceremonially unclean, but it kept them away from the temple, the church, for weeks at a time so that they could not be made clean. God assured these shepherds they were having a God moment by having an angel visit them and by shining the bright light round about them so they know uh, he really came uh, to speak to their heart. Uh, And when you become desperate enough to say, God, I need you and humble yourself, God will speak to you. The presence of God reveals the glory of God. Wherever God's presence is, the glory is present right there. <laughs> and so from a, from a birth, from, from a baby, of him being born into this world, from a baby, every time his presence is revealed, his glory is revealed. <laughs> his presence should move us to glorify him. God's presence is in the earth today and it should move us to praise him. I don't care if you can feel it or you can't feel it. I know that God's presence is here in the earth and our job and responsibility is to praise him because guess what? Everybody need him. And if you come to know who he is, then your responsibility is to help someone else know who he is. How selfish can we be if we really got a revelation and get an understanding of who God is and what he's capable of? How selfish can we be to know that and withhold that from anyone that we can get it to? I said this last night at prayer, and this don't sit well with everybody, but I feel very strongly about this. And I feel like, Brother Ethan, that our salvation, our eternal life is tied to our purpose in God. What do you mean by that, preacher? I mean that if you never do God's will in your life, you will never really get saved. Or you will never stay saved. Because... Because God did not design any of us without a purpose. And I just don't see how, if you are neglecting your purpose, how you can still get in there. I just don't, that's just not the ways of God. That you can live your life neglecting your purpose, your responsibility as who God created you and designed you to be. And you're just doing your own thing. And somehow you get to, I don't see how that works. So I believe that in order for you and me to make heaven our home, 
when we get saved and come to know Jesus Christ, when we repent of our sins and we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and he fills us with his spirit and we start to walk with him and we start getting taught about him and learn about him and begin to understand who he is and we start to grow, guess what? At some point in time, we will begin to understand our purpose and we better hold on and run with that purpose. We better take that bull by the horn and go because that's where he was trying to get us to that purpose. And that purpose will be the thing that sustain you. i got to tell you that, church, because I'm a living proof of that. Without my purpose in God, when I stray, when, I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I'm not, when I get off the track, I won't know how to get back on. But those of you that don't know your purpose, when you stray, you can't get back on track because you never understood your purpose. Mary understood her purpose. And she said, if I got to ride this donkey all the way to, 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 to Bethlehem, that's what I got to do. If, if, when my, if when my butt get, get um, um, pain in it and tired, I'll tell Joseph to take me down and let me walk a little bit. But I'm going to be going to where I got to go because I have a purpose. You know what I mean, Kiki? I saw you the other day. I said, oh, uh-oh. You kind of had to walk the other day. So, oh, we Kiki got a pregnant walk now. <laughs> Woo! But Mary, can you imagine what she went through to make sure she brought her purpose to fulfillment? It wasn't easy. The angels praised God at creation, and here they are now praising God as He revealed His true identity. So during creation, the angels praise God. When the Lord Jesus Christ was born into this world, guess what? The angels praise God. And so I'm here to tell you that at creation and at revelation, we need to praise God. And so at all times, we should be praising God because creation says who he is. Creation tells us that our God is great. Uh, did you look at the sun lately? Did you look at this morning how it was snowing a little bit? Did you look at the other day how much snow we get? Did you look at the stars and the moon? Uh, do you look at the earth how it just works? Uh, do you look at the nature of this world? God is amazing and that alone uh, should always have us praise him whether we feel him or we don't. Uh, just look around and say God you're a amazing and I praise you and then when he revealed himself to you like he may have done this morning to some of you that almighty God became the man Christ Jesus but before he became the man Christ Jesus he was the baby Christ Jesus so almighty God went through the birth process to come into this world so we can know him and so he can save us we ought to thank God at all times, Josiah. It's, it's, it's amazing when you stop and think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done. The angel said, when the shepherds got nervous about all the happenings, the angel said, fear not! Fear not! The presence of the Lord is not supposed to make you fearful. It's supposed to make you thankful. 
Oh, help me somebody. The presence of the Lord is not supposed to make you fearful. It's supposed to make you thankful and joyous. It's supposed to make you thankful and joyous. The presence of the Lord. I feel bad that some of us are having a hard time acknowledging consistently God's greatness, his presence, his identity, and showing it in how we live it out that we acknowledge it. Because you can say all you want with your mouth or in your mind. Oh, I believe God. Oh, I trust God. Oh, I have faith. I hear all of that. But show me your life. I don't need to know nothing else. You don't have to tell me nothing else. Just show me your life. That's how life is. Show me your life. When we die, we can say whatever we want to say to make us feel good. But all we got to do is look at the life. That's all that matters. Look at the life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about what we say we are. It's not about what we say we're going to do. It's how we live our life. It's the life that we're living. What is it saying? What is it saying? What is it saying? How much of your life is God? Listen, I am not bragging. I'm not trying to make myself out to be nobody better than anybody. But what I am telling you, though, is I try to live my life to give God everything. I will show you my checkbook if you ever want to see it. I mean, I know people don't use checks as much, but I still use checks to pay my tithes. You look at my checkbook and you will say, what in the world? You just get checks for Christ at a church? Because you go through my checkbook, you'll see. I'm writing something, I'm writing some offering, some tithe, whatever, to the church. And you know what they say? Show me your checkbook and I'll tell you who you are. You never heard that before? These days, they say, show me your debit card statement, I'll tell you who you are. Show me your Apple Pay and I'll tell you who you are. Show me your cash app and I'll tell you who you are. That's how far we've come, right? My goodness. They used to say, show me your checkbook, I'll tell you who you are. That's how long I guess I've been in church now. Because back then, you had to say checkbook. Now, today, show me a debit card statement. Show me your Apple Pay statement. Show me a Cash App statement. Show me your PayPal statement, and I'll tell you who you are. Because if, if Walmart and, 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 and Amazon and all of them are getting all your money, and, and you don't see none going to Christmas for Christ or none going to the building up of the kingdom of God, I'll tell you who you are. You can tell me all you want who you are. <laughs> I know that not one of those good ones from you but i just got to tell you the truth i want you to know jesus i want you to walk by faith and not by sight i want you to be saved and spend eternal life in heaven so i can't sugarcoat anything i got to tell you the way it is fear not is what the angel said fear not for i bring you good tidings of great joy not just joy great joy <laughs> This joy is holy and pure. This joy raises above circumstances and focuses on the very character of God. This joy is produced by the spirit of God. This joy looks beyond the present unto our future salvation. This joy is distinct from mere happiness. This joy makes it possible to rejoice even in sorrow. Guess what? This joy is available to all people and not just some people. 
this joy thing been working on me lately. You probably heard me continuing to mention that because you know what it means? It means in spite of how life is going, how am I living? Do I got a sour attitude? Do I walk around all mad all the time? Do I go around always questioning and, and, and just can't be thankful and grateful for what God is doing in my life and looking unto my future, realizing that one day I will spend eternity with Jesus Christ. This joy is supposed to do that. And so when we can't do that, it means we don't have joy. And we need joy. We need joy. We need joy. Doesn't matter what's going on. Now, yesterday, I... (laughs) Man, I feel like yesterday I waste three and a half hours of my life. But I still got joy. I really do. Son, I feel like I waste three and a half hours of my life. I was so disgusted with that because I don't have time to waste three and a half hours of my life, Joe. Went and bought a couch. Sectional is what they call it. You know, everything got new meaning nowadays, Brother D. Went and bought the sectional. Went and picked it up. First of all, I I had to borrow a truck. Because I don't have one to, to, to fit it. I had to go borrow a truck, pick up the sectional, me and Brother Henry. Because it's a sectional. It's easy. You know, just throw it on the back of the, the, the pickup truck and let's go. I mean, we didn't even tie a real cord around. I'm like, we just go around the corner and let's just load it up and go. And so I told Brother Henry, I'm going to pick you up about 1230. I went there, got there about, you know, the time we said we get in, drove to the place. Pick up the sectional. The people loaded on the truck for us. Drove to my house. Pull up in the driveway. Come on, let's do it. We got it out. I can't even get the couch down in my basement. Because that's where I bought it from, the basement. And so now we're trying everything. So I try to get it through the normal way of going down in the basement from the kitchen. We can't get it. We're doing everything. Then we're, we're afraid it's going to get stuck and can't you know, get removed. And I'm saying, if I can't fit it, I got to take it back and I don't want to damage it. I want to take it back, get my money back. So it didn't work. I said, all right, let's try the outside way to go down in the basement. Here we go. Go the outside way. It got stuck in there. Can't go in. (laughs) I said, I know what to do. Let me call my son. He's strong. He worked out. Hey son, what you doing? I just try to run around, do some thing here and there. I thought we was gonna do this another time. I said, no, son, I was just trying to knock it out today. How about you come and help out with some of your muscles? He come. He pulled up quick. I was shocked. My son never come that early when I call him. He always got it, you know, it's hours later. So he showed up looking like he got muscles. I said, come on, son, we're trying to get this downstairs. The three of us tried it. Didn't work. When it was all said and done, it's about 4.30, quarter to five. Can't go down. I was this close from knocking down a wall because, you know, we had just done some sheetrock. So I figure I can just knock out a wall and get the guy to sheetrock it up next week. So because I don't like to waste time. I got a big problem with that to just waste time, do nothing with it. I got to always make sure the time is doing something. Right. And so I said, you know, I started knocking the wall to see how thin it was. I said, knock the wall over there. How does it sound? Because I was this close of just knocking out the wall, slide the sectional down there, and call the guys up next week and say, can you just sheetrock back up this wall? I was just this close. 
still thinking about. So that section is still sitting in the place. It's nice. I'm preaching. Let me keep preaching. I can't even let my mind go back there because that was three and a half hours of my time got wasted. And I'm still mad about that, Josiah. I'm like, what in the world? Three and a half hours. On Saturdays, I normally take the time to study and, and, and be with Jesus and just prepare for Sunday and all of this stuff. And then, and then 630, I come to prayer. And yesterday, I spent three and a half hours trying to get a couch down in the basement and it never got down there. But I got joy. <laughs> I got joy still. It didn't matter. I got joy. Even when my son was trying to bite his um, um, Popeye's chicken sandwich. Hold on, Dad. Let me take a bite real quick. Like, yo, the couch is trying to, we're trying to get the couch out of the basement. He's standing trying to bite his, his um, Popeye's chicken sandwich first before he comes. Like, yo, dude, I haven't eaten all morning. I didn't eat all, I didn't eat all day till after I'm done this all. 4.30, I ate my first meal yesterday because I'm messing with this couch. And he coming in and got to bite his Popeye's chicken. I'm like, yo, dude, come on, man. I've got joy, though. I know it don't sound like I got joy, but I got joy still. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. I got joy still. Listen, joy is available to all of us. He says, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Why? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Because of the presence of the Savior, we can have joy. Because of the presence of the Savior, we can have joy. God did not send a soldier or a judge or a reformer, but he came as Savior to meet man's greatest need. Uh-huh. He didn't send some judge. This is why. We got to lay out the judging. Because he could have came as a judge and he did not come as a judge. He did not come as a soldier to fight. Remember, Peter wanted to fight when they arrested him. He didn't fight. Uh-huh. He didn't come to reform stuff. He came because man's greatest need was to be delivered from sin. Some of the Jews were waiting for a savior to deliver them from Roman rule and oppression. But Jesus came to establish a spiritual kingdom to deliver people from sin. Somebody say sin. His work is more far-reaching than anyone could imagine. Christ paid the price for sin and opened the way to peace with God. We're struggling these days with no peace. As I said the other day, we get all worked up. And hummed up about the, the election. And while Jesus was here, he never dealt with no politics. He stayed away from politicians. That wasn't his thing. He came to seek and to save the lost. He came to deal with our sin problem. He didn't come to be a politician. No. He offers us more than temporary political, physical changes. He offers us new hearts that will last for eternity. And so as I bring this thing to a close, Jude chapter 1, which is, there's only one chapter in Jude. 
Jude chapter 1, verse 24. I love to brag on God. I love to, sometimes when I'm praying, you might think I'm showing off my knowledge. But boy, it feels, it's like rejoicing when I pray and I say, to the only wise God, to the king eternally mortal, to the lifter up of my head, to the one which is, which was, which is to come, to the true and living God, <laughs> the one which is, which was, and which is to come, <laughs> the one that saves, the one that heals, the one that delivers. <laughs> yes, Jesus is his name. I love, I love, I love to just say who he is and just to honor him for who he is. Jude chapter 1 verse 24 says, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. What are we worrying about if we know we're not going to fall? I ain't telling nobody this one. This is how church work. This is how, the, this is how the pul- true the pulpit is, um, Karima. I kept running from the outside way where I was trying to get the couch in, run back inside. Because sometimes you got to run around, look at this, size it up real quick, and run back. So I'm doing all this run around. One time I was running down from the outside and slipped and fell. I said, what is wrong? I'm glad he didn't see. He was there too, but he didn't see. Because, man, they know how to laugh. Him and Richard, they'll laugh you to scorn when you fall. They, they, they don't even think of, is he hurt? Is she hurt? They just bust out laughing when you fall. You too, probably, huh? Yeah, you do. But you know what? You know what saved me? All of my working out that I've been doing lately, baby. I mean, I handled business yesterday. Like, like, like today I would have been in a lot of pain, Ethan, if I wasn't working out. Y'all don't think I've been working out? I've been working out. Can you tell, son? Yeah. <laughs> yesterday, they was the brother Henry talking about, I'm old. I said, I might be old too, but I've been working out, baby. I can push that couch a little extra. <laughs> Lord help me. I'm telling you, I was running down the steps, man. I slipped, boom. And guess what? You, you probably, you, you all didn't hear when, when the, um, the, 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 the steel door shut, boom, and it slammed. That's when I slipped, and I, my hand let it go, boom. Three and a half hours, and all of that stuff, I wasted three and a half hours of my life, fell down the steps, all of that stuff yesterday. Can I just send this message out real quick? I'm done. If you or your relative want to move, don't call me. You can tell me you're moving, and I will contribute to the moving costs. I will give you something towards the moving costs because I'm not even moving myself. I'm not even moving myself. So I don't know how I'm going to move anyone else. Moving is a beast. All I had on my mind was pick the couch up from 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 um, Big Lot and bring it to my house, slide it in, sit it on the nice carpet, boom. Just two guys that got some strength. Boom, 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 boom. Three and a half hours, and it didn't happen. No, moving is ridiculous. Moving is the most deceptive thing in the world next to the devil. Next to the devil. Because you start out thinking it's going to be, oh, listen. There's this lady, we used to go to church with her name is Lynetta Adams. I'm saying her name in case anybody else here, they were like, yes. She was moving from Princeton to Trenton. 
Brother Wayne, I need help me move. All right. We need to pick up the truck at 8 o'clock from Sears. You can tell this is a problem for me. Can't you tell, like, why is he going on about moving? You need to pick up the truck from Sears. And I went to Sears at 8 a.m. in the morning, went to Reading Circle in Princeton by 8.30, and we start to move Linda Adams. When I got done and I said, I'm done, I think I left a couple of the guys. And I walked away because she lived in the high rise. She was moving to a high rise. When I said I was done and walking away, 10 o'clock at night. Moving is one of the most deceptive thing in the world. You look at it and say, ah, think you can knock it out right away. And before you know it, you stuck for hours. My parents and them, when they was moving up here, they got stuck for days. Moving is deceptive. All right, let me go on. You know, I got to bring everything to a spiritual point, though, right? Don't mess with me. I got the Holy Ghost. You know what the Lord just told me? So it is in the spirit. You think that you can move from here to here and it's going to be no problem. Help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> no wonder why I just keep going on and on and on. Because the Holy Ghost is going to break through at some point in time. Hear me what the Holy Ghost is trying to get us to understand. That when God places you someplace. You better be careful where you move yourself to because moving is deceptive. That's why we got that terminology. The grass may look greener on the other side, but it's deceptive. And what you think is better spiritually just may not be what you think it is. It may be a deception. I ain't need to go through all that to learn that, Lord, but Lord, thank you for everything you do. Now unto him. We close them. That is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless from the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, bow both now and forever. I love the Lord. I love him. He is the only thing that's stable, consistent, that you can depend on, that never changes. Why wouldn't I worship him? Why wouldn't I praise him? Why wouldn't I give him the honor? Why wouldn't I give him the praise? Why don't I give God everything when nothing else can be relied upon like him? Will you stand to your feet? The present of the Savior. God has given himself to us as a present. The question is, will we receive him as such? Because he can give himself to you as a present, but it's still up to you to receive him. Before we leave here, a couple of you will be handed a present. The question is, will you take it? Because if you don't take it, you won't have the present. If you don't take it, you don't have the present. So we will see today. I want to see Jesus as how a little child sees their favorite toy. 
I know it sounds ridiculous to me. But I watch kids, when you get them that present that they are dying for, the one they really want, not the one that they told you that they want, but they really didn't want it, and then they just look at it and put it inside, not that one. The one that they really wanted, when you get them that present, you watch them how they take off the wrapper, they don't take it off nice and neat like you. They tear the wrapper off. Tear off the wrapper. And then, wow, they behold the present. But they don't just stop there, Joe. Take the present out of the box. And they begin to utilize the present. Now they have the present, and the present now have them. But they first must embrace the present. They must take the present for the present to now have them. If we don't accept Jesus, Jesus can't have us. And a lot of times we're saying that we have received Jesus. But if you truly receive Jesus, Jesus will have you. And before you know it, you will become one with him. And before you know it, he will be the source of what goes on in your life. If you really received him. And so today, for this week coming up, we're going into the Christmas day. How about we receive the presence of the Savior? Stop fronting and faking and talking the lingo and the jargon about stuff and start doing it for real, for real. Receive the presence of the Savior and handle him, open him, and, and see all the things that he has in store that will impact your life. And let's not just talk about it, but let's be about it. I believe we're living in the end time and the return of the Lord is at hand. And God has given us opportunities upon opportunities to get on track. Find our purpose in him and stay in that. What I've learned about, again, finding your purpose in God, none of us will live a sin-free life. None of us will live a perfect life. But like all of the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament apostles and disciples, when you mess up, not all of them because Judas didn't do it, like many of them, when you mess up, you know how to get back on track. You know how to find your way because you know your purpose. I don't have to worry about someone that takes the present and open it. Because once you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, everything else you're having, that's not the Lord. You know the Lord is better than that. And so you get yourself to say, you shake yourself and say, we got to get it together. But you know how to get it together if you had had your finding of your purpose in Christ. And so let's not leave here today without receiving the present. Open up the present and allowing the present to have you. So this week and even up to Christmas, we will allow him to have his way in our life. And we will not just talk the talk, but we will walk the walk. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for the presence of the Savior. Today, Lord God, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful, oh God, that you 
provided for the greatest need that man had, which was the sin problem. For if we could not be delivered from our sin, if we could not be cleansed from our sin, then we would have no hope to have eternal life. And so today, Lord God, I pray that you will help us to not just sit back and pretend like we're okay when we know we're not okay, when we know we need you, but we're just in a a rut, a groove, a routine of just presenting as we're okay. (laughs) But I pray, Lord God, that we will become as shepherds, where we will admit to our need that we have in you. And we will humble ourselves and reach for you and cry out to you and humble ourselves before you and seek you for your purpose in our life. I pray this afternoon that, Lord God, our life will not be the same after this service today, that our life will be transformed. The power of God will overshadow us and, oh God, consume us that we will not be the same again, Lord God, that this week, Lord God, we will see the glory of the Lord in our own lives and in the lives of others. Ah, Jesus, oh God, don't let us leave today the same way we came in. Don't let us leave today the same way we came in. But God, I pray that we will leave changed, that we will leave, oh God, with greater desires and passion and with a greater inspiration to do your will. Father, I pray that you help us today. You've already given us, Lord God, what is the greatest present that man could ever receive. But Lord, now we must receive you. Now we must, oh God, remove, oh God, the wrappings. <laughs> oh God, that we will remove the wrappings, oh God, and behold and see our Savior, Jesus the Christ, God, manifest in flesh. I pray that you'll bless each and every home here represented, Lord God. Those that, Lord God, have tuned in virtually, I pray, my God, that you'll bless their homes their families, Lord God. I pray healing upon those who need healing. I pray deliverance for those who need deliverance. I pray, oh God, salvation for those who need salvation. I pray, Lord God, provision for those who need provision. I pray, Almighty God, that your will be done, your kingdom come. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus, have your way. We thank you, Lord God, for your church. We thank you, Lord God, for the greatest gift ever known to man. We thank you, Lord God. Oh, Father, have your way today. We love you. We honor you. We praise you. Come on, somebody, open up your mouth and just praise him today. Thank him today. God is good. He's worthy to be praised. We thank you, Lord Jesus. If somebody's here today that never gave their life to Christ and you want to give your life to Christ, why don't you surrender today and give your heart to him? Handle the gift and let the gift handle you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, we praise your name. Before you leave today, we have a special surprise for you. Check, if you will check the front of your seat, right underneath the front of it. If you find a ticket under there, take that ticket on your way out and give it to the ladies in the back and they will give you a special treat. 
Hallelujah. You found a ticket? On your way out, give a ticket to the ladies and they'll give you a special gift, special treat. But you must receive the gift. Hallelujah. God bless you. Before you, before Pastor moves, before while you're standing there, just keep standing where you're standing for like 30 seconds. I'm going to ask Brother Darrell to come up in his time. Hallelujah. Pastor, I know you're still uh, hot about moving that couch. <laughs> we want to want to celebrate your birthday. We have a card for you and it's tax appreciation. We're going to give you two cards. It's been awesome. It's been a, a, a challenging and trying year, but uh, we appreciate everything that you do. Amen. Appreciate it. Oh, brother Scott, the mic. Thank you, brother D. I was looking at the video this morning, our our Christmas to Christ video, and I look at everybody that was in that video. You know what's the good news? They're all still here. They're all still here. Everyone that was in that video, they're all still here, except for uh, Mr. Thomas, which he he better off than all of us right now. But everybody else that was in that video this morning, they're all still here. So I thank God for that. I thank God for all of you that is just a part of this ministry and thank God for what he's doing. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. We love you. Don't forget, cupcakes in the back. Feel free to take a cupcake and the juice on your way out. Thanks for coming okay. today. God bless you.